and welcome to the Replatform podcast and Happy New Year to everybody. This is the first uh, podcast of 2020, moving to an exciting new year. And after a lazy few weeks for both me and Paul sitting back, eating far too much and drinking, we're ready to roll some cracking new episodes. We've got some really exciting stuff lined up for you guys in 2020. And the first one, uh, today we're getting under the hood of the new Shopware platform version SIT, which was launched in 2019. We're really happy to be joined today by Dominic Klein, who's a technical specialist at Shopware. So hi, Dominic. For us, New did you have a good Christmas? Absolutely. Yeah, I got a, got a good start, got a fresh start into the new year. Um, first of all, thank you very much um, for, for having me. Wish you, you, uh, you guys and also uh, all the listeners a happy new year as well. Amazing, thank you. So let's start off with a quick introduction. So if you wouldn't mind, could you let the listeners know who you are, what you do, and what you do for Shopware, and, and please feel free as well to just give a, a quick intro to what Shopware is and where, where you think Shopware sits in the market. All right. Um, so starting with me, um, I'm Dominic Klein. I'm uh, working for Shopware in the technical specialist department, which is kind of a solution department. Um, so we are working together um, with customers and our partners, so integrators, um, to um, well, on the one uh, on the one hand sell Shopware, and on the other hand um, closely um, cooperate with the projects and see how they're going, and um, helping um, our, our customers become successful in, in doing what they're doing and making sure that um, they they can use uh, Shopware in a very good way. Um, so, uh, Shopware itself is a German um, e-commerce uh, software company. So, uh, we were found in, in 2000 as an internet agency um, and since then evolved into a yeah, software provider uh, of, of standard e-commerce software. And um, yeah, in terms of, of uh, market positioning, we are... I, we see ourselves as um, as standard software providers, so you can use our software to uh, kind of run your e-commerce shop and individualize it using plugins or using custom extensions using the API, um, which I think we're going to go further into afterwards. And um, yeah, that's uh, technically what I'm doing. A bit of history maybe. Um, I used to be a developer at Shopware, so um, I have a tendency to get a bit more technical. So uh, Please, uh, please let me know whether I'm going too deep in some places. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where I come from. That's what I do, and that's that's what we do. Amazing, thanks. That's a really good intro. And and believe me, getting too technical is actually what we want to do. We'll we'll do some high level stuff to help people who are more on the commercial side of the business to understand Shopware version six and and the technical side of it and the implications. But yes, definitely for the more technical part of our audience, getting into the under the hood around the, the APIs, the capabilities, exactly what we want to do. So don't worry, you won't be boring us. We love to get into the geeky levels of this. Um, so thanks for the intro and thanks for coming on the, the, the podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time so early in January um, to, to help us out here. So, and as platform uh, consultants, myself and Paul are always hugely excited when there's a fundamental change to a key technology rather than just a major release or a minor feature release. And from what we've seen and the conversations we've had through the end of 2019, the new version of Shopware is a complete architectural change. It's evolved into an API first version. And that's what we want to focus on today is to learn more about what, what drove this change, uh, what it means to your clients and to other retailers who might be considering Shopware and what's coming next in version six. 
So that's the position, I guess, for the listeners and what we're trying to do today. So let's start with the essentials and then we'll get gradually more geeky and technical as we go through. Uh, are you ready for some questions then, Dominic? Absolutely. Amazing. Let's get cracking. So let's start with a nice, nice, simple one, which is how is version six fundamentally different to version five? And what what ha- what drove that change? Why has Shopify decided to make this change? Yes. Um, so you already uh, mentioned that it's uh, been a um, fundamental architectural change compared to the previous version. So um, Shopware 6 is actually the first rewrite of our software that we that we ever had. So up to version 5, it's always been gradual improvements and, and uh, reiterations of the, of the same core of code, um, which uh, evolved into the next versions. But Shopware 6 uh, was the first one where we actually started with a blank um, blank sheet of paper and um, whereas Shopware 5 had a a rather um, monolithic structure where the different components were strongly coupled with uh, with each other um, which often resulted in the system um, being um, difficult to extend in some places and um, yeah we simply had to keep backwards compatibility and everything and that would ultimately um, uh, break us uh, in terms of innovation speed, in terms of adaptability uh, for current use cases. So um, this is why we decided to to give this a entire uh, reconception and a rewrite from scratch, where we focused um, on on very modular design of the different components and also. Um, giving the ability to um, use the system using API. So um, very very much focusing on the ability of the system to integrate with other systems rather than um, being this self-contained blob of, of software, which, which uh, Shopware 5 was a bit closer to, so to say. Okay, interesting. So it sounds like there's a mixture of your own internal technical capability, speed and efficiency within shopware to, to accelerate the roadmap, as well as the technical speed and agility of the client teams, which has driven the evolution towards version six from five. Absolutely. So um, when you when you look at it from the problem perspective or from the problem that we were trying to solve, then it's um, that businesses nowadays, uh, e-commerce businesses nowadays, um, not so much struggling with the, um, the, the features that the platforms nowadays provide. So um, instead, they're having different systems that are pretty good at doing a certain job and they want to somehow integrate those systems with, with one another. So we're seeing uh, more and more fragmentation in, in, in different softwares and solutions. And that's a good thing because um, everyone's really focusing on delivering the most value for their um, dedicated um, part may it be order management, may it be customer loyalty, or um, whatever um, kind of parts play into your e-commerce business. And uh, we kind of kind of um, rethought our own position within that um, that whole uh, system or that whole constellation of systems, and um, thought that it um, really is key to be able to integrate those systems really well with another. Um, and uh, make that a smooth experience rather than having everything out of this single box. That, um, that makes sense. Um, so I have a question. 
So you talked a little bit about backwards compatibility. Um, what's the process for customers on version five um, migrating to version six? So I know there's quite a few kind of uh, fundamental changes and you've got the kind of change to the database structure. Um, how, how does that migration process work? How long does it typically take? What does that look like for a version five customer? Yeah. Um... So uh, that, that's obviously a, a question where many factors play into the answer. So um, it kind of starts with what size and what degree of individualization your shop currently is, right? So um, we would be able to migrate a fully uh, standard shop with maybe two or three plugins for payment, payment integrations and shipping integrations, um, just with a couple of clicks. But that's, um, as you guys probably know better than I do, um, not really the case in the, in the real world. So um, we do provide tools that allow customers to migrate their data, which means uh, customer data, customer passwords, orders, products, categories, and all of that. Um, from Shopware 5 into Shopware 6. And this tool that provides the functionality also provides extension points. So you can migrate your custom data, uh, custom fields which you've added to, um, to be able to transfer them from the old instance to the new instance as well. Um, but that being said, we have to um, really be clear about the fact that um, things like plugins or themes are not going to be compatible. So there are going to be replacements for a certain set of plugins. There already are some replacements, um, especially for the, for the ones which are mostly used, like, um, like payment providers. Um, store locators are very, very popular plugins amongst our customers. Um, and those uh, can be used in Shopware 6 as well. But when it comes to themes and, and some things you have individualized in your shop or integrations with other systems, um, those have to be um, taken to the new system as well. Okay, that makes sense. And I guess with the with things like the plugins, so I was, the other day I was looking at um, some of the plugins on your kind of marketplace, looking at compatibility with version six. How do you plan to kind of... Um, get kind of more of those plugins working with version six and also with the ones that were um, built and maintained by Shopware, um, is it within your kind of roadmap to get those working with version six or are they being built into the core of the um, platform? Yeah, you're actually mentioning a, a very important thing here. So uh, we are um, providing plugins from our side, which are officially maintained plugins. And there's also marketplace, which allows, um, we call them plugin manufacturers um, to to uh, distribute their plugins um, using using our marketplace. So um, in order to um, make sure that these plugins um, are maintained in version six as well, it is kind of a push and a pull, right? Because um, we are creating a new product, and um, in the beginning. Um, people hesitate to use their product. So we have to create a push in some way. So um, we uh, noticed all of the plugin manufacturers way ahead to um, get familiar with the new system and, and told them what the changes are that we introduced and, and why we did that, give them the, the full motivation for that. And the plugin manufacturers were able to um, uh, define a, 
a roadmap for their plugin so our customers have transparency about when they can uh, expect a, a certain plugin or a given functionality to be available in Shopware 6. Um, when it, on the other hand, uh, comes to, to our plugins that we provide, um, we have taken uh, different strategies. So we've decided to um, pull some of the plugins that we provided in Shopware 5 into the core functionality. Um, some of the plugins uh, are going to be there for uh, Shopware 6 as well. And some of the plugins, a little bit picking up on the, the point I mentioned before that we um, want to link um, to, to, to third parties because they are better at solving certain problems, whereas we try to focus more on the, the problems which we want to solve, um, sort of narrowing the, the domain a little bit. Um, these plugins are not going to be there in, in version six for that reason. Okay, that makes sense. And I guess um, another question, slightly off topic, but do you have any live sites on uh, version six at the moment? Um, we do have a couple of live sites right now. Um, so, uh, I, to be honest, I haven't prepared a list of them right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've uh, recently shared some of them on my, my Twitter account. Um, What's your Twitter handle? Them, my, my Twitter handle is ELKMOD. Um, so right. I, I've got a little present for everyone who can come up with why that <laughs> actually is my Twitter handle. Um, but uh, yeah, there you can see some of the, the life size that we have. There, there are some projects, some bigger projects are currently happening in the background, um, which we are um, yeah, closely um, helping um, in, in uh, accomplishing their, um, their target. But I'm afraid I'm not allowed to talk about them. Okay, that makes sense. Something I'd like to get into a bit more detail um, with please Dominic is around um, what API first means to Shopware. I think people hear things like API, API first, headless, and it can mean subtly different things in different uh, to different vendors. So what I'd like to, to, to go through is if we split into two parts is, is what does API first mean to Shopware? And then we can come back to, are there any parts of the platform that are opened up and exposed to the API currently? So let's start with the, what does API first mean in version six to you? Totally, okay. Um, so I like to motivate the meaning of API first by uh, first explaining what headless means to us and then kind of how that leads into API first. So uh, headless architecture, um, I think that's a, a, a term which is more commonly agreed on. So that means um, decoupling your application front end from your application back end, right? So where all the logic is happening, you want to have that decoupled from the presentation um, layer, which ultimately your customer or the one that is, um, that is managing the shop is actually interac interacting with the system. Um, so this sort of decoupling is which, which enables the headless architecture of our system. Um, API first, on the other hand, is, a, is an approach in, in how you design the system. So instead of building the interface of the system and then um, making sure that um, every, every piece of uh, the interface can be uh, somehow um, delivered by an API or the corresponding data can be delivered by API. We say, okay, we are 
first um, um, trying to, to define that set of functionalities that we need, we built the corresponding APIs for that. And then using those APIs or API endpoints, we built the interface. And this way we make sure that every piece of functionality that the shop provides, and that kind of answers your second question already, um, is provided by a corresponding um, API endpoint and also um, gives us the ability to switch the uh, the different interfaces, the different front ends of the shop. And that really shines when you uh, look at some examples like the um, collaboration with View Storefront, um, which we are working very closely together with in uh, providing a PWA solution um, or uh, and yeah, native uh, PWA solution for Shopware 6, which is uh, entirely relying on the core API. Um, and uh, there are also some other examples, uh, for example, extracting the checkout um, from Shopware. So you're, for example, running a WordPress site, so you're very content driven, but at some place you want to have a checkout. So you can use our sales channel API. Um, you can um, kind of put different products into your cart and then use the shopware checkout in a, in a headless mode, which means that essentially you're just um, pushing data um, between this, this um, API channel, do the checkout and the, the customer never ends up uh, being in your shop, but always stays within that, that WordPress uh, site, for example. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I have a question. So you mentioned View Storefront there, and I've seen you, I've seen Shopware talk quite a lot about um, the integration with View Storefront. Are you planning on building any other kind of integrations with different frameworks or headless CMS solutions? PWA is obviously something that is very demanded on the market. So many of our customers are very interested in that topic, but it's um, still on the rise. And um, we kind of dug into that, that topic as well. And um, as a lot of competitors uh, show, that is uh, certainly a very, very interesting topic to, to many customers. And um, we think we found a very good partner with View Storefront with a lot of um, experience in actually um, delivering uh, PWA solutions and we're very happy about being able to uh, build a dedicated tool um, together with them. When it comes to integrations with other systems, um, there is nothing that we're currently planning to do out of the box in terms of integrating with like CMS systems or um, other front-end solutions, but that being said, um, our current architecture, um, I haven't mentioned that, but we are fully based on Symfony. Um, it allows for lots of other tools um, to to be integrated. So so very many other headless um, headless software tools like uh, like Contentful, like Drupal, for example, they offer uh, SDKs which let you integrate Shopware pretty easily, um, just using uh, using those libraries, and then um, you can kind of individualize um, your integration with that system. And uh, that's also something that we um, see at a, as, a, as a pretty good um, selling point of Shopware, that um, since we are fully based on Symfony, the integration experience that, let's say that 20% of individualization that you might need in your shop, um, they are um, very, 
very nice for for the developers because uh, we are using the standards that Symphony offers. Um, you can use tools which are already there and then just put them in the right place more or less. So the developing experience is a very nice one. Um, and um, that is one of the things that, that we try to focus on instead of um, delivering everything out of the box. Excellent. Um, sounds sounds uh, like a sensible approach. I, I want to just pull it back to the API thing just to, to be able to clarify for people who, because when, when um, people sometimes look at platforms and they hear API, it can be a bit misleading about what you can use via API, how much is it accessible? So what we release on San is how, um, how far and how extensive is the API across all of the capabilities of sites? So for example, is the checkout completely opened up via API? Could you create custom checkout flows? Is there a, or is there anything locked down where actually the, the uh, merchant has to take something um, specific out of the box without being fully flexible? Yeah. Um, so the checkout is uh, the, the standard checkout that Shopware provides is currently fully API covered, which means that you can make uh, you can use your console, yeah, and you can use curl requests to make a checkout in Shopware. Um, that being said, of course, uh, we've got a, a growing. It's already big, but we've got a growing ecosystem of of integrations or of um, extensions for Shopware six, and um, there is uh, no way to, um, or at least we currently haven't found a way um, to to make sure that every integration is also um, a part of the part of the API endpoints which Shopware provides. So um, within our own domain of the functionalities that we provide, we uh, are maintaining API coverage. But when it comes to third-party extensions of Shopware, um, it is up to them to um, to go down the same way or say, okay, we are focusing on extending the, the default front end that Shopware ships with, uh, which you don't have to use, um, but extending that, uh, that front end and making sure their functionality is working within there. Yeah, I think that's a really important distinction actually is is understanding that, that your platform, the core application is API enabled. However, a third party tool that somebody might be using in conjunction with Shopware, they might not have a robust API. Um, uh, th therefore, that needs to be considered alongside the Shopware capabilities. So yeah, thank you for clarifying that. And in terms of the APIs, do, is there any, um, uh, any capability where a merchant using Shopware 6 can extend the APIs? Or is it locked down as in these are the APIs you get, you can't make any changes to them at all? Yeah, um, you obviously are not uh, supposed to change any parts of the core API, right? Because um, you're having certain certain contracts, we're having a documentation which uh, dictates how the API behaves. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely able to add custom endpoints to the API. So that is pretty close to the Symphony standard, actually. It's more or less just adding another controller, adding, uh, adding custom routes. And um, then you, you uh, are able to inherit the authentication of the API. Um, your your uh, extended or your new endpoints will appear under the same routes as the as the shop API. You can um, 
you can prefix it, you can um, utilize um, versioning of the API. So we enable all that, um, but we are not quite at the point, as I said before, that we can uh, really force everyone to be doing that. But um, we are strongly encouraging plugin manufacturers, um, especially for plugins where it actually makes sense to, to have uh, uh, robust API coverage um, to, to do so. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for clarifying that as well. And in terms of, say if a, a merchant takes your core API, they then extend it because they want a custom endpoint. Is there ever any risk of when you then release new versions of you know, or version six, like minor releases, would it ever cause any compatibility issues where they've extended it or will you always um, you know, support historical versions of APIs? Um, we will um, support every old version of the API when you step back one minor version. So um, that that means maybe getting a bit more more concrete with it with an example. Um, so there will be shopware version 6.0, and we we introduce a certain API endpoint. Um, then there will be shopware version 6.1, where we deprecate maybe a certain field of this API endpoint, which would mean that in 6.2, this field would be removed. Um, however, you would still be able to, to read and write that field, um, but um, there would be a conversion in the background that will make sure that this field gets written and, and every changes that have been made in, in prior versions are converted to the new structure so that in 6.3, um, this would result in an error. But this way, uh, by gradually deprecating a certain field, we make sure to um, maintain at least predictable um, um, compatibility of, of certain endpoints or certain fields within those endpoints. And um, we've defined a standard on how to actually um, do those transitions. And um, again, we can only encourage um, extension manufacturers um, to do so um, in order to, to provide the same benefits to, to users of their plugins. Um, I have another question. Uh, so with Shopware 5, when you first came into the UK, one of the big kind of selling points of the platform was the kind of page building and content management capabilities. Yes. Um, from an API perspective, how much of this is available and kind of how would this work when you're using a kind of um, a separate front end framework or CMS? Yep. Uh, that's a very interesting question because um, when it comes to CMS, um, what you often have in mind is that visual editor, right? Which lets yeah. you build your pages and pull them together. And uh, what you're seeing inside your preview is what you're getting in the end. Um, there are actually many tools which do this in a very good way. Um, but then it comes to, to shopware being headless, um, having this way of thinking about different sales channels, which uh, inherently mean that there's a, going to be a different way of displaying the content. Um, so content in shopware is maintained um, in, a, in a structural way, right? So we store the structure of the content. We say there's a text and it has a heading and it has a paragraph and underneath there's, there's an image and then there's going to be list, a list of products. But we don't store any, any um, channel specific layout information with it. Um, so it's not being stored as HTML, for example. Um, so we actually give that away to the um, to the front end to 
interpret this data structure and render it in the corresponding way. Um, we've, for example, we've done exactly that in the uh, ViewStorf and PWA integration. So it uses the sales channel API. It, the sales channel API delivers the content in a structural way. It's a, it's a JSON object. And then this JSON object is interpreted in the, um, in the view storefront um, CMS package and then rendered as HTML to the, to the user. That makes sense. So it's just the individual elements being requested. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Excellent. So some really useful insights uh, and especially some technical clarification on the API. So thanks for that, Dominic. What, what we'd like to do now is talk a bit more about the product roadmap um, for the version 6 platform. Uh, you okay to talk a bit more about that now? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can absolutely do that. Fantastic. Um, so again, let's start with a nice, nice, simple question and then uh, we'll get into a bit more detail. So what would be really interesting for listeners is to understand, because I know that um, there's kind of a slight change in terms of overall functional capability, um, where some bits have been removed from the platform and a lot more has been added and baked into the core platform. What we'd love to understand is how did the Shopware team prioritize um, the mode roadmap and decide what had to go in for launch versus what might come later? Yeah. Um, so we try to focus on, on which features would deliver most value by, uh, by means of um, which are the features that merchants actually need to run their online shop and which features uh, might be more convenient, which are in the end nice to have, but no one's very asking for it straight away. Um, that's obviously a very general way of going about it. So we kind of looked at our customers and saw, okay, what are the requirements of, of, of customers uh, which are using Shopware 5 and thinking about transitioning to Shopware 6? And what are the requirements of customers who are um, generally thinking about replatforming to Shopware 6? So that's kind of what, what drove the, the prior, um, prioritization for us. Um, and um, we've got a very, uh, uh, very open, um, detailed roadmap on our website, which you can actually look into. And um, really, being open about it is um, is is one of our, our core goals, um, because it is a very new product, and somehow you have to uh, gain trust of the community uh, or, or of the um, of the market. And if you don't. Um, if you're not transparent about what your plans are, what your roadmap is, and um, yeah, being clear about that and trying to sell something which is not really there, um, you're you're doing a good job at losing that trust. So that's what we absolutely don't want to do. Um, and uh, yeah, that is uh, how the prioritization went for us. That makes sense. Um, so what isn't available yet in version six? And are there like of those things, like are there some things that you're planning on kind of removing completely? And then of the other bits, like what's the intended time frame um, for these? Yeah. Um, so there are some, some features which, which might be actually considered um, somewhat important for online, online shop, which we are currently working on. Those are some things like product bundles, for example. Um, which we're currently scheduling for mid-2020. Um, also, product comparisons, um, individualizable products. So, say you want to have a T-shirt and you want to have a text printed on that. 
um, or you want to have it uh, fabricated in, 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 in different ways with different printings, whatever. Those kind of things uh, we're currently working on. Um, also some extended uh, CMS fe features. Um, we, we want to provide some kind of editorial system where you have um, uh, content stagings as well, where you can have confirmations by different employees, by different users um, in the administration. Um, those kind of features, uh, which we're targeting for, for the end of 2020. Um, and then obviously, as I mentioned, the, the integration with um, the, the view storefront or the view storefront next architecture to be a bit more precise. Um, that is what we're currently working on and that's um, targeted for uh, yeah, the end of Q1, beginning of Q2 this year. Okay, great. Um, and I read somewhere um, that you've kind of improved the international offering of the platform um, and you've added some new features here. Um, what do these look like? Um, there's actually a, a very a general shift in approach, which uh, we could do um, due, to, due, due to the rewrite. So Shopware 5 was an inherently German um, product, which uh, came down to sometimes default values in a database cell uh, being uh, nothing like null, but some German string, yeah? like nicht verfügbar, which means not available, would be um, when a product is, is out of stock. Um, so, so those things kind of grew into the software and that was why, why Shopware 5 really struggled in some places to be fully international. Um, Shop, in Shopware 6, that was one of the, the main, um, main focus points. So there is no default language, for example, in Shopware 6. So um, you can initialize Shopware um, 6 when you install it and then you can set some system language but uh, internally Shopware will always resolve values of, of the language um, to the uh, to the cor corresponding local which is set in the shop um, you can define uh, rules for pricing rules for shipping and payment uh, providers when they are available what kind of um, what kind of surcharges they um, they have. You can define that based on rules. Um, so Shopware offers this thing called Rule Builder, um, which lets you assemble um, rules using multiple conditions. And those conditions uh, can have something to do with the context, like what's the amount of items in the cart, or um, when was the user um, registered or which kind of categories have they bought in before and uh, using those rules you can define um, define availabilities and, and surcharges and so on for, for products for shipping um, and also afterwards for example for content so besides the content being fully translatable um, which is, is uh, kind of what you expect. Um, we are also working on um, having uh, individualized content based on those rules. Um, so let's say uh, in, in a certain country, you want uh, content to be richer in, in pictures and on other countries, you want to have more text or something like this. Um, so internationalization is, is pretty inherently um, done in all um, modules or components of the software. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and I guess going back to the roadmap, um, what incremental functionality is coming in 2020? Um, 
So yeah, incremental functionality that, that comes a bit back to the um, to the um, functionalities which we are um, which we are planning to do. So um, what we want to uh, extend, as I said, is the CMS with the the editorial features. Um, something else that we want to have is um, kind of a data set manager, which is um, really just a generalization of the CMS. So instead of maintaining content as in as in pages, we want to enable um, maintaining um, different types of content, um, similar to, to how some content management systems uh, actually do it right now. So you can define data types, let's say uh, recipes or um, local stores or something, and then those types can have different fields. Yeah, and then you can um, use those types to to produce listing pages, to produce detail pages, and then um, use them, of course, over the API as well. But then also present them to your customers. So, like data models in Contentful. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, okay, all sounds very interesting. Um, one last question. So a couple of years ago, I went to the um, Shopware Community Day, and I remember you talking quite a lot about AI and how you were planning to use AI within the platform. Um, could you just talk a little bit about that and kind of what the plan is on that side and what that would look like? Yeah. Um, so in general we are obviously doing a lot of research in in different topics um i have to admit that ai has uh, or is a topic which uh has has grown to quite a hype in the past um in the past uh, couple of years and um the interpretation of what ai means for different applications uh has been very broad as well so um Sometimes uh, AI, for example, means that you uh, have certain rules after which a system acts and after, uh, uh, based on these rules, um, the, the system behaves differently, right? Like kind of a decision tree thing. So uh, that's what Shopware already does, yeah, right? We're providing these rules and um, based on those rules, uh, we can have individualized behavior of the shop. Um, but that's not what you really consider API, so API, uh, AI. So AI in terms of consuming massive amounts of data and based on those data generate predictive models. Um, that is something that is uh, more inherent to things like um, uh, conversion optimization, A-B testing. Um, and, and those are, for example, things, tools, uh, or tools which we um, rather link to than provide ourselves because um, that is really not the, 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 the part of our expertise. And uh, we would rather say, okay, um, we as Shopware are able to provide the data uh, which is required for, for other tools, other solutions, uh, and the corresponding algorithms to, to learn um, from and then use that data in a way to, um, to leverage uh, other potentials. Okay, Does that, that make sense in some way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're looking to work more with third parties. Yeah. That, that's a really nice way of summarizing. I think make sure I've understood this correctly is, is essentially that you're developing the new platform version to be as open as possible from a data and API point of view so that people can create a best in class infrastructure using specialist tools for certain areas where actually it doesn't make sense to bake it into an e-commerce platform because there's already market leading tools out there. 
Absolutely, absolutely. That sums it up pretty well. So uh, we are thinking now in the age of, of, of platforms, um, it's not really up to one tool to incorporate everything uh, because there are so many so, so, uh, so evolved and, and uh, matured solutions out there uh, which you can use. So, um, of course, you, you'll have the effort of integrating them, but that's exactly the point that we want to, want to ease and that we want to really um, enable for, for our customers um, instead of as you said, which was a really nice word, baking everything into one, um, which is in the end uh, even harder to, 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 to extend. That's, that's our ultimate goal. Yeah, and I think that's nice. And I, I guess it's where some other uh, platforms are trying to, trying to evolve as well is, is this whole point of you want a, a commerce platform to do what commerce is good at, which is to help you to sell across all the channels you want to if you need to use a specialist tool for something else, whether it's a CMS or not. And then you need to change that tool. The e-commerce platform's got to be flexible enough to be able to plug and play with various tools and not make it a, you know, as you alluded to earlier, a monolith that is massively slow and costly to make any changes to. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. Well, wow, the time is fine. I've just realised uh, um, that, that we were into about 40 minutes already, which is amazing. It's always good fun talking about these things. But good news for you, Dominic, is you've answered all of the key questions. Um, so I guess uh, from my point of view, the last thing to ask you is, is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of, uh, of how you want to position the new platform version to our listeners? Um, I would just sum it up, uh, what, I, what I've said so far. So... Um, I suppose some, um, most of your listeners uh, haven't really gotten in touch uh, with, with Shopware. I got their hands on it as well. So I, I uh, strong, uh, strongly invite you to um, either visit our website and, and really um, inform yourself about what, um, what, what we can do. As I said, it's, it's always getting a bit more technical when I talk about it. So um, if you want to have a general overview of like what the features are and what Shopware can do, um, but also from a developer's perspective, um, look into the code or set up your, your own instance. Uh, just head to GitHub, um, look at our repositories and, and um, see what you can find and whether you, whether you actually like what you're seeing. And uh, whenever you have any questions, uh, obviously feel free to out. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, uh, either using LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, I guess we can uh, somehow share the channels as well. So, um, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much, uh, and thank you for taking the time to join us and share your insights and knowledge uh, with myself and Paul and the listeners. It's been a really useful, insightful chat. So, thank you for that. Uh, as you just said, if, if anyone listening would like to learn more about Shopware 6, do let uh, Dominic know. We're, when we put the, uh, uh, the, the post on our website, if you go to it, has the information about how you can contact Dominic and a link to Shopware's website, which will give you access to, to lots of really useful resources. But that's the end of episode nine. So thank you, everyone, for listening. The podcast is available on RSS if you want to get a subscription. It's also on uh, all the popular podcast channels like Spotify, Google and Apple if you find that easier. And if you'd like alerts for our new, latest podcast, do sign up to our newsletter via the website and we'll give you alerts as soon as a new episode's available. So, yeah, any questions, get in touch with myself, Paul or Dominic. Um, but thanks very much for listening. Take care and have a lovely day.